Hello and welcome to the Parkrush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I've got another trip report. Tom has been to Disney World, Orlando, to Animal Kingdom specifically. That's right, Josh. I have been to Animal Kingdom. I went to all the parks. Went to all the parks. But this time we're talking about Animal Kingdom. What do you think? How was it overall? Oh, big, big take. You want the big, big take big first? Big take, straight out the gate. Well, I, I do love Animal Kingdom, and I think that it is... My maybe main takeaway from it was that it's maybe better placed than a lot of theme parks to get away with not having a ton of rides, because right. it is just so beautifully laid out. It's so visually stunning, I think, at points. So many of the sight lines are great. I feel like you can look in almost any direction at any one time and probably take quite a nice photo of something at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. So I, I think that that really stands out. It might also sound like a bit of a backhanded compliment because there aren't that many rides there right now. Okay. And uh, some of the ones that are there are prone to to issues, I would say, certainly based on our day there uh, last month, as we will get to. But yeah, broad takeaway was that I, I very much enjoy Animal Kingdom, although it remains, as I think it has been since it opened, Yeah, on Earth Day 1998. Uh, we just missed that anniversary. We, we were there a couple of days after it. Ah, alas. It is maybe one of the hottest places on Earth. Oh boy, yes. Even if you're in the car park and it's like a cool 28, <laughs> yeah. you walk through the main gates and it, it's like Mordor in there Great. at all times. Yeah. So, yeah. But overall, lovely time. As Great. We get to. Well, that's the podcast. Yeah. See you later, everyone. Yeah, see Cheers. Ya. No, uh, we are going to do a full in-depth uh, trip report, walk around of the park as Tom and his family experienced it. Um, starting the day, obviously, you got to wake up super early to get your... Genies in. Genies in, your fast part, your lightning lanes, get them booked up with a genie. Yeah. Got to rub them the right way. I'm going to keep making that joke. Yeah. Uh, you don't start with your first lightning lane. What do you start with, Tom? Well, yes. Our, well, our approach to Animal Kingdom was actually a bit different. So okay. we did wake up early Ooh. to get the genie, but we decided not to do it initially. Ooh. Initially being the key word. Yes. Because our our approach to it was basically there are as I said at the top there aren't that many rides here if we're committed to being here until five six seven o'clock or something yeah you even even if you have to stand in some long queues there just aren't enough rides for you not to be able to get everything done you should still get everything done if you're willing to queue yes and if there's one ride that might knock you off course because the queue is so long it's flight of passage and if that's the case we'll just buy that. Yeah. We'll spend the money we would have done on the Genie Plus purely on the Flight of Passage Lightning Lane. Okay. As we will soon find out, the day was in some way such a mess that we ended up buying both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So we'll get to that. Yeah. So this park opens for early entry at 7am, or at least it did when we were there. So we're getting there slightly in advance of general admission at 730 it's already apparent that it's very busy. Yeah, it looks It's busy. kind of crazy how many people are willing to get up at the crack of dawn to get to this park. But there you go. So our plan, we thought, was fairly solid. We would do the Kilimanjaro safaris first. Two reasons why. One was similar to what we talked about 
on the Magic Kingdom episode, which I'd recommend for some maybe slightly more broader thoughts on Genie Plus overall. That would be a good one to listen to. But our general strategy is let's try to avoid the very obvious e-ticket attraction first. Not at every park, as we'll get to, but at most parks, that was our approach. And so we weren't going to do Avatar first, for example. We would kind of commit to doing that a bit later in the day. Yeah. Uh, but the other reason we thought Kilimanjaro would be a good place to start is that it just seemed like a nice time to do the safari. Not too hot, despite what I just said. It is the cooler part of the day. The animals might not have gone away to get away from the sun just yet. Yeah. You might get some uh, some good photo ops by doing it first thing in the morning. However, the seemingly solid plan was slightly compromised by the fact that at Rope Drop, Everest was down. Oof. And so was Flight of Passage. Flight of Passage was down was such a big deal that when you opened the Disney app, you were greeted with a message from the Vice President of Animal Kingdom. Oh my God. I didn't even know there were Animal Kingdom elections, Josh. <laughs> but as it I, turns no, out... Tom. Don't think there are elections. You are. Yeah. You are. I think we're on the. Uh... You don't. You mean they don't announce the results on Pride Rock? Like Rafiki lifts the elected president no. up into the. We're no. we're very much on the uh, timeline where Simba does not come back. Oh no. Yeah. Anyway, I, for posterity, I took a screenshot of the apology that we, that everyone was issued who yeah. was in Animal Kingdom at that time. Rightly so. On behalf of the entire team at Disney's Animal Kingdom, I'd like to apologise that Avatar: Flight of Passage is currently unavailable. Our cast members have been working diligently to resolve the challenges we've encountered and we are sorry you are not able to experience this attraction at this time. I hope you'll enjoy some of our other attractions during your experience at the park today. And, uh, I mean, it says that, you know, it was currently unavailable. It had not, this was from Rope Drop. It, it had not opened, it would, yeah. it would seem. And I, and I think when you get a message like that in the app, we were kind of thinking... Is that, is that, is that it? Are we not, maybe we're not doing Flight of Passage then. You're it, done. That could be Cut it. Cut off. So that wasn't great. And with Everest being down as well, you just had a load of people go to the safari. That was obviously a lot of people's third choice, perhaps. Yeah. And so uh, the process for uh, queuing, at least initially, seemed like a total mess because you also had that the safaris weren't opening till eight. Oh, no. Yeah. So you had a load of people who potentially been in the park from seven who had been told you can't ride Flight of Passage and you can't ride Everest, so maybe everyone heads to the safari. And they hadn't opened the queue line yet. So, so it, just waiting outside? You had cast or? members desperately trying to arrange this kind of impromptu queue outside the actual queue. Yeah, why not open the actual queue? Well, I don't, I don't know. Like, just hold them at the, like, onboarding station. Yeah, you know? uh, but anyway, it, it appeared to be such an such an almighty mess that arguably in a state of panic uh we then whilst in that big huddle decided to buy genie <laughs> of course yeah you were you were suckered into we were it, suckered into it because we were look we were sitting in this in this mad rabble thinking we could be here for ages who yeah. knows and lose a lot of time so while we were in that mess we bought the genie and we booked uh the navi river journey for around 11 o'clock i think it was Yes. Which was a bit later, actually, than generally we bought our first Lightning Lane. But I think it was, uh, you know, a result of uh, two rides being down. Yeah. Uh, the park being busy, us coming to it a bit later as well. The park was open. We were in the park at this point. So, uh, but, we, but you know, past experience also told us that that is a ride which, whilst visually impressive and quite pleasant, 
I'm not queuing for that for maybe at all. Like, I just not worth queuing for that ride in my yeah, opinion. So uh, it just felt like a good Lightning Lane one to do actually. Yeah, I would agree. When we went uh, with my whole family, uh, most of the family had were like, right, we're done with the day. We're going to go home. Mm. And my dad and I and my nephew were like, you know, we still got the other Avatar ride to do. Can we stay and do that? And they were like, if you want to stay for it, go ahead. <laughs> uh, having, you- none of us having ever done it at that point. Um, and we queued and we went, oh, we should have gone home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a ride that we all, uh, as we'll get to, we were all very happy to have walked basically straight on and done it and enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, when we did it in 2019, having queued for over an hour, the response afterwards was very much, was that it? Yeah, you know? I think if the queue is over 15 minutes, I wouldn't bother. I'm not sure I would either. No. Anyway... Uh, our fears were maybe slightly misplaced because the queue for the safari, once they let people into the queue, uh, w- we weren't too far back, moved relatively quickly, and we got on that uh, in, in fairly short order. You can get a lot of people through that right? Yeah. quite quickly because the big trucks, you load them up quite a lot of people, mm. a lot of trucks, uh, a lot of road to go along. So, yeah. Uh, and it was great. Our, our hopes that we would get some good... Photo ops and views of the animals at that time of day were well placed and we had a great time. So the Kilimanjaro Safari was a great success. Uh, what's your uh, experience of the safari? Is that one of your favourites at Animal Kingdom from previous visits? I mean, again, as you say, there's not a lot of rides to go around. So no. To consider one my favourite. Uh, um, it's probably not my favourite just because of my preference on rides. So uh, I'm a big rapids guy, uh, and I'm a big coaster guy, as we know. Well, they've added a coaster section to the end. I must admit, I was slightly taken off guard by the bit when it went upside down. And a small child did, in fact, fall out. Wow. I think might have been eaten by a lion. But I thought I'd gloss over that because we're a family show. But you brought it up. Yeah. And in its defense, it does now have a roller coaster section at the end. Risks you take, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's a gap in the market after Rhino Rally closed down for, you know, a safari that goes wrong. Yes. Disney just took it to a level I did not expect. (laughs) Uh, But no, I had a good time on the Kilimanjaro Safari. This has always been one of your favorites at the park, right? Well, yeah, I think actually, and then this was something that we did not realize at the time. And, you know, I don't really remember this because I would only been about five yeah but the very first year we went to florida was in 1998 yes we we went to animal kingdom that year and that was the year that it had opened yeah and back then i think the park opened maybe even before 7 a.m my mum seemed convinced that we'd rocked up to animal kingdom and done a safari at like seven in the morning yeah had been in the park even before that and so i think for that reason everyone's got quite fond memories of it and my dad my mum and dad uh really like it even though you know, they are uh, quite intrepid explorers at this point in their retired lives. Uh, keen visitors in recent years, before COVID to South Africa, have done some real-life safaris, Josh, oh. in the actual wild. Wow. Um, but are still, so far as kind of like zoo safaris go, are always quite impressed and, and, and enjoy the Kilimanjaro uh, safari. So that's that's quite good to know that it still holds up for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it, as I say. And there's a fine highlights reel on the Park Rush TikTok page, oh. which you can find at links.parkrush.com. Nailed it. Loved it. Nailed it. An early boost, Josh, to the day as well, not just 
getting on the safari quicker than it may have seemed. But by the time we're off, Everest has opened. It's up. Wow. And uh, Obviously, that's, that's been down for refurbishment for a little bit. That had been down, yes. And I wonder if that maybe had something to do with it. So it had been down for refurb until I think a couple of weeks before we, we went. Yeah, I thought you might miss it. Mm, yeah. We, we very much thought so too. My sister, I remember at one point in the uh, weeks leading up to the trip, was very upset by the prospect of two of her very favourite rides both being down, being Everest and the Mummy mm. at, at Universal. But now Everest was up, it, it reopened while we were on the safari. It was posting, I think, a 35-minute wait. And um, the queue appeared to be stretching out of the out of the door, oh. which made us think, oh, is this going to be a rare instance where Disney have underestimated their wait time? Yeah. But I think it was just a consequence of uh, it having just opened, a lot of people just kind of coming along in have, one go. Haven't and, opened up the full queue. And the queue yeah. hadn't had a chance to kind of sort itself out, if you like. Yeah. So even though the queue for us ostensibly did start outside, we did still get through it in less than half an hour. It's good to see. So that was good. And that ride's still great. And the headline for us was that mum did it for the first time. We we managed to get oh. her on it. I think because by this point in the trip, uh, we had been to a few of the other parks and my mum had done, had done Hagrid. Right. Gone into Hagrid fairly blind. And of course, Hagrid, as we'll get to, more intense than you might think as something being sold as a family coaster. Yeah. And our our approach was basically, well, mum, if you're all right with Hagrid, you're, right with, you're all right with Everest, uh, having been a bit scared off by it in the past. Mm. So that was nice. We did it as a family of four for the first time. And uh, that ride's still really good. Yeah. And I speak as someone who never experienced the fully operating Yeti. I yeah. don't remember of you. No, but, very few people have, Tom. Right. It, it, How soon did that thing break? It went to BMO pretty quick. Right. Because it was a, like a settling problem. That Obviously, when you build something, uh, it has to settle, uh, like a, even in like a new house or whatever, it has to settle over time. And as it settled, uh, the foundations of the Yeti uh, put it out of alignment, and so it hasn't worked since. Right. So it was quite early on in its lifetime. Oh, okay. But B-mode still kind of works, I think. Like it, the, the, the way they use that strobe lighting in there it really does feel like it's, there's one very specific fleeting moment where it feels like that Yeti is kind of right in front of your face. Yeah. And it always kind of gets me. Uh, as we'll get to, I, we ended up being able to do Everest uh, again later in the day. And it got me again. You know, I was like, God damn it. I did this six hours ago. The Yeti still got me. Love to see it. It is a, a pretty good use of the strobe. Again, I really wish they'd fix it. But uh, it. It's still a great the ride. The roller coaster itself is really great. Oh, it's fantastic! The backwards sequence is great and yeah. and way faster. And it's that sensation of going backwards uphill fast, which yeah creates a sensation in your stomach. I think just about unlike anything else mm. uh, on any coaster in 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 Florida. I would say I mean, it's it's really for sure. It's just a really cool feeling. I I really love it. And it's probably my favourite ride at the park. It's tough as we'll get to because Flight of Passage remains pretty excellent. Uh, but no, Everest is still great and still one of my favourite sight lines in, in all of theme parks is the approach to Everest. 
from yes. the front when, yeah. the, when the where the ride entrance is on your left. Yeah, coming the mountain coming to coming view. towards it from like maybe Africa or Discovery Island. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, so very much enjoyed that. Breakfast, I think, was the next port of call because as I said earlier we, our lightning lane booking is not until eleven ish. Yes. So we've got some more time to kill. So we're going to have breakfast Perfect at time. the, uh, I think it's Creature Comforts, which is the Starbucks location in Animal Kingdom. And they had uh, a version of the 50th anniversary cinnamon bun as Magic Kingdom did. Right. So it was interesting to weigh them up. Yeah. You know, we'd all gone to Magic Kingdom and all wished we'd got a cinnamon bun because my sister was the only one who took the punt and we all had a bit and loved it so much. So this time we all got we cinnamon all buns like suckers. <laughs> Well, it's nowhere near as nice. Oh, no. So instead of like being completely glazed over icing wise, yeah. it just had a kind of sort of small helping of kind of blue icing, I guess, trying to make it a bit avatar y. Right, yeah. And it didn't have the chocolate coin either. So it looked a bit sad. Uh, and then I guess your mileage always varies on, you know, freshly baked stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think it just wasn't, just happened to be not as nice of a bun anyway. But yeah. also just the way it's decorated was a little bit sad compared to the Magic Kingdom one. So if you've got a limited quota for Disney-themed cinnamon buns on your next trip to Walt Disney World, and if you're going during the 50th, I would recommend the Magic Kingdom variant of the cinnamon bun rather than yeah. the Animal Kingdom one. It's a good you know, knowledge like that, Tom, that people come to the podcast for. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm glad to be of service. Some nice plates, though, at the Animal Kingdom Starbucks. <laughs> very colourful. I liked them very much. Again, what what people come to the podcast for. Yeah, 100%. So we walked those down, and then we head over to Pandora in uh, anticipation of our Navi River Ride booking. Yep. Uh, and I think I, I said as much on the Twitter page uh, while we were in there, it was... It's a weird thing to say about a ride being down, but it kind of made for uh, that first jaunt into Pandora, made it a little more of a pleasurable experience because there's not many people there because the main ride's down. Yeah. And you realise when you are there just how much, uh, just how just how little perhaps a lot of people really absorb theme park ambience and all the work that goes into uh the the design of the of the lands and, and and whatnot because so often people are just in let's get to the ride mode yeah and at this point in the day there was no reason to go to pandora other than to do the boat ride or to just soak it up maybe yeah. get something to eat or whatever and and because of that it was just it was nice to fully take it all in and that that land is without a doubt one of the most visually impressive yeah it's truly of, stunning of all the theme park lads and it says a lot, you know, that every moment I spend in Pandora while we were there was like, I should watch Avatar again. And then I sort of slap myself. Yeah. Like, no, Tom, Avatar's, I don't think you like Avatar. I think I've literally seen it once. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to watch a story similar to Avatar, watch Pocahontas. I guess so. Yeah. But, the th- you know, I will, I will probably inevitably watch Avatar at some point this year in advance of... Two, three, four, five, Avatar. six. Avatar 2, uh, but yeah, Pandora, yeah, the, the world of Pandora, it is visually fantastic and uh, lots of cast members dotted around mm. for photos, which we make good use of. And yeah, just nice to 
soak it all up properly. We would return later in the day a couple of times for various reasons, as we'll get to. And at one point in particular, it was far less pleasurable. It was like a blooming war zone. <sighs> but that like, first oh, like, time... Like Pandora. Like Pandora. But that first time, lovely. Oh, Great. That's what you like to see. Uh, up there for you as well, Josh, as far as theme park lands go from, uh, from your last trip. Have you only been there once? I've only been there the once. I think it's probably... Well, I've been to Animal Kingdom. I went to Animal Kingdom twice on that trip. Uh, but it's probably my favourite. Right. Uh, Makes sense. I haven't done Galaxy's Edge, obviously. Um, I haven't done the updated Jurassic World area, but I don't think that is really a comparison. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely number one. One thing I would say is that I seem to remember from my last visit there being a little bit of a a performance, if you like, a, a kind of a meet and greet adjacent kind of experience with someone in one of those big mech suits from the movie. Yeah. And I don't recall, I didn't see that happening at all during the day. I don't know if that's uh, another, another COVID casualty that hasn't come back. So that could well be. Last time I saw that, I feel like it was down near Satuli Canteen. Right. I so mean, you, you got Satuli Canteen and then yeah. you got, uh, what was it called, Pongu Pongu. And then next to that was roughly where the mech was. Oh, okay. In my, I remember the mech being up near the boat ride. Not far from the boat ride, right near where they've got these little drums that you can play with. Okay. Now, and uh, yeah, I didn't see the mech at any point uh, during our time in Pandora. But uh, anyway, yeah, we went and did the boat ride, and as I say, uh, a perfectly nice ride to do if you're walking straight on. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of looking um, uh, with pity at everyone who was in, in an hour-long queue, thinking. I don't think most yeah. of these people will find this a worthwhile right. use of time once they get off it. But it was fun enough. It was pleasant enough to experience as a walk-on. And that, that animatronic Na'vi at the end remains incredibly impressive. And uh, I just yeah. wish I understood what she was saying. I assume she's singing It's a Small World in Na'vi. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. Still no sign. A flight of passage when we get off. God damn. So you've got to go and do something else. According to the Twitter thread, now, I, as I said, I think that one of the things about Animal Kingdom is, despite the fact there aren't many rides, really, yeah, it is just quite nice to walk around. Yeah. So whilst if I drew up a list of what we did, like ride-wise, not going to be particularly long, we yeah. were still able to eke a fairly long day out of it because it is just nice to stop and absorb things yeah as, as just wandering go. around is this is the easiest part to just wander around and enjoy yourself just yeah i would say around. so like a lot of the walkways are wide enough as well where it doesn't always feel like absolute carnage yeah it, and, it's uh, one of the main parks where like the stratemosphere stuff is still going on yeah um so you've got like people playing instruments and yeah there was a bit where we just happened to be walking past the tree of life it might have been after pandora actually where suddenly there were two uh cast members by the tree just call people over for an impromptu little bird show where mm. they just beckoned a load of like parrots and macaws and whatever else to just fly low in above the guests land on these various little podiums if you like around the tree and then yeah. shoot off somewhere else it took yeah. about five minutes but it was quite nice uh, so that was quite good fun and uh we eventually ended up walk stumbling or walking by uh the kite tails arena 
uh, yeah. not long before a show was due to begin. Yes. So we thought, oh, well, we'll get a couple of cold drinks. We'll sit here and see what this is all about. Uh, I enjoyed it, but because I'm a sucker and if you play Lion King music to me, I will have a good time, probably regardless of the context. I think if my house was burning down and I needed to make a swift escape, but Circle of Life happened to be playing, I'd maybe wait till the song was finished before I tried to escape. It's understandable. Yeah. So from that perspective, I had a good time. But I can't deny, as I think many have pointed out previously, that seeing big sort of slightly deformed kite versions of Lion King characters being pulled through the air on the back of a jet ski just feels a bit demeaning. Like Simba deserves better than this, you know? (laughs) A slightly deflated Simba. Yeah, it works better for some than others, I would say. So one one neat thing about Kite Towers, which I believe is coming to an end already, uh, but they will do different performances. Uh, the performances will change during the day. They'll, they'll do them with different characters and different films. Okay. And we had caught a very brief glimpse at one point earlier walking around of uh, a Jungle Book theme performance because Baloo was being dragged through the air. Yes. And Baloo is, you know, if you sat him up, he would be sitting there like a kind of like a teddy bear, I guess. But when he's up in the air, he's being dragged around by the top of his head. <laughs> so Baloo is just looking face down oh, at God. the water. And it literally looks like he's dead. Like someone's <laughs> killed Baloo and has strung him up and dragging him around. in a. It's like Sheer Khan is running kite tails oh, or something. Geez. He's like, I have killed your beloved Baloo. Uh, with the Simba one, at least the kite is designed in a way that's meant to make it look like he's sort of leaping. Yeah. And it's the same with uh, Pumba. So it, it works a little bit better for them, but it's still a bit weird. And, and the, the funniest part of it all is when they eventually hit the floor. And, oh, yeah. and that, that is very funny. And uh, yeah, I've put a video up on the Park Rush TikTok of Simba being pulled through the air with uh, Celine Dion blasting in the background. <laughs> I, I, that was definitely my main takeaway. I think I'll always think of that now when I think of Kite Tales. But this was on the same lake as the old nighttime show that we saw last time we Rivers were Animal of Light. Kingdom. Rivers of Light. Yes. and uh, Which I never did. I think in terms of like time commitment versus enjoyment, yeah, uh, I preferred Kite Tales to Rivers of Light, to be honest. Rivers of Light felt like a, a bigger time investment than it deserved. Okay. Kite Tales was like a bit dumb. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it raised a smile, I can't deny, and it only lasted 10 minutes or so. So not too many complaints. Yes. Yeah, would like a bit more shade though. The seating God, in the yeah. middle of the day was a bit brutal. Yeah. Cause it's the same. Obviously, it's meant for a more later period in the day where it's a bit cooler. Yeah. Cause obviously it was for rivers of light. So, uh, yeah. I don't know as well because. As I say, I believe Kite Tales is on its way out already. Uh, I don't know when the Finding Nemo musical is due to reopen. So there might be a period here where Animal Kingdom, even is even on the show front, is looking a little wow. sparse. Yeah, uh, Finding Nemo is coming back this year. I believe it's a shorter show. They have made some changes to that. Some musical changes. We've covered that in a podcast previously. Yes, I believe we have. At this point, I remember this very vividly, actually. Uh, post... Kite tails. Yeah, uh, uh, I think a couple of people. I think my dad and my sister go off to the go off to the loo. Uh, I'm like sort of loitering around taking photos. I think and my mum is standing a few yards away from me on her phone and beckons me over because <laughs> she's spotted the fly of passage is open. 
and rather pathetically and it says it's like a 20 minute wait or something so it must have only just reopened and it's it's hard to know yeah how many people might be aware of this fact there's no like tannoy announcement no, yeah. for example because obviously that would people would probably yeah, end up dead absolute chaos that so moment. my my dad and sister start coming out of the toilets and coming down and i sort of run over to her like guys guys <laughs> flight of passage is open don't don't be don't say it out loud because you never know how many people. Every yeah. person makes a difference to the potential length of the length queue. Of queue. Yeah, you don't want people to overhear you, and and also start running towards flight of passage. So we're all sort of like we're, we're walking fast, but not too fast. Yeah. We're going to Pandora, but not making it too obvious. We know what we're doing. We don't want everyone else to know. Naturally, by the time we get there, it's too late. Oh, clearly, no. clearly, the whole park knows. Yeah, it's absolute chaos oh no i can't stress enough this was one of the most this was one of the moments where i was the most unimpressed and almost angry about how theme parks sometimes manage these things because mm-hmm. you had cast members trying to organize essentially it was similar to how it was in the morning at the safaris where they were having to funnel people into a sort of queue arrangement that was just uh, very disorganised and, and not really fit for purpose. But you had even more people. Yeah. You had people coming from all various directions. You had people who were clearly in a state of flux, in a state of, of discontent. You, you had people, you know, you had kids crying. I saw one guy getting very irate with a cast member because he felt as though he at one point had been further ahead in what apparently was the queue and then as cast members had tried to kind of formalise a queue of sorts around Pandora, yeah. he had obviously ended up falling back in that and was... Obviously, I had no idea who was in the... I mean, no one's in the right in terms of shouting abuse at someone, but Absolutely whether not. or not he was right about being up in the queue and then for... I don't know, but anyway, it was not a nice atmosphere. And that it was at that point, and this again, I think, is kind of what Disney want to happen... We said to ourselves, "It's this is a this is a bad vibe. Uh, we don't like what's happening here. Uh, the atmosphere is unpleasant. It's crazy. Seems like a bad use of time. Uh, let's jump on the app and try and just buy our way into this ride later in the day." God damn it! So Tom. we did that, and we got a lightning lane slot for flight of passage at about. It was not until about six p.m. Oh wow! Uh, and this was happening. I want to say around midday ish. So a lot of people bought yeah. into it. And uh, but again, I think that's just. I mean, it's you either you either you either commit to getting into that what at that point was an absurd queue, yeah. Not just in terms of the length of it. I think by the time it settled down, it was about 140 minutes, right? But just the way it had been organised as well was, as I say, just unpleasant. Mm. It was just. Uh, it's not what you want from a holiday, really. It was just. Uh, it was not a nice experience. So you either commit to that. And you're probably in a bad mood for the next two hours. Yeah. Or you spend another 60 bucks and are like, yeah, we'll we'll buy our way into it. And that's just what society is, Josh. You know, it's the society we've made for ourselves. You you spend money to make your problems go away. Yeah. And that's basically how Genie Plus works. The, the more money you have, the less problems you have. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which is not uh, what they said. Uh, I can't remember who it was now who said more, more money, more power. More problem? No, more money, more power. More, uh, 
He was I'm, wrong. Whoever that rapper was, I can't remember who it was. He was wrong about more money, more problems. Yeah, I don't know what you're getting on there. But anyway, it just seemed to me like, I mean, like I said earlier, when we got that message on the app, I thought, was, oh, maybe this is just not going to open today. Maybe mm. the problem, maybe they, they know what the problem is. And I know it's a problem that means it's just down all day. Yeah. But obviously it got to a point where they could reopen and it just felt to me like the cast members have a lot on, I know, but it just felt like they could have anticipated the whole thing a little bit better. Yeah. And maybe put in place a a, an, a queue arrangement of sorts in the land that didn't mean, that meant that people had a better idea of where to go and what to do upon arrival in Pandora. Because the problem you had was everyone who's arriving just rushes to what they know the entrance to be and from there have to try and work out what where is the queue that was yeah. the problem no one knew where the queue was and um by the time the cast members are starting to get a hold on it frankly it's too late for a lot of people and you have some people getting angry and you have some people like us who are like we'll sack this off and do it later yeah um when we when we went we rope dropped uh pandora um specifically for our passage and the queue was ridiculous and it was really because com- obviously we started heading towards the front uh, entrance to the ride and realized oh no the queue's coming already out of there mm. and uh actually the queue was back by pretty much the entrance to the area from discovery island but then it <laughs> the queue went all the way like halfway towards africa and then came back on itself back into avatar um, before getting into the main entrance of Flight Passage, so it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was similar for us in 2019. I think it was something like a three-hour queue yeah. that was being advertised at Rope Drop, and it was more like two, maybe not even quite that, but right. it was uh, it was long. Uh, so, I mean, while we're on this topic, I think my advice to people would be for Animal Kingdom, based on our experience, but also I think based on how I think it would go, if Flight of Passage was open at Rope Drop, would be, because of how few rides are there, don't get, don't do what we did, which to be fair wasn't obviously the original plan. It was kind of, we were slightly victims of circumstance in terms of uh, ending up buying these things. But I would say either Rope Drop, Avatar, commit to queuing for that, and maybe Genie, and then if you feel like you, you need to maybe... Maybe you get the the normal genie, yeah. Uh, because then at least you know that when you come off Avatar at the same time of a, as a billion other people who are all then going to make form long queues at other rides. If you've got genie for the rest of the day, you should be able to make some of those queues more manageable. Because for me, it's not so much about genie. The way to think about Genie, I think, is not so much that it's cutting loads of queues down or making you be able to walk on loads of rides. Mm. It's 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 just as much about giving yourself more time to commit to longer queues for other rides as it is about cutting queues down for the rides that you are actually using it for. Right, yeah. So think of it in a way as like you have almost like a quota of queue time for the day. Like yeah. This is the amount of time we want to spend in queues or how long we think we're going to need to spend in queues. It's easier to, in the case of Magic Kingdom, for example, it's easier to stomach a 70-minute wait for the mine train. If you know you've got no queue. If you've managed to only get on buzz in five minutes because you lightning laned it. Yeah. Or if you did Haunted Mansion in 15 minutes because you lightning laned it. 
And yeah, it's nice to have only queued for Haunted Mansion for 15 minutes because that can get longer than that, of course. But the the added benefit is that you've got more time to spend queuing for things that just don't get low wait times. Yeah. That makes sense. So for the case of Animal Kingdom, I would almost treat Genie as a way of giving yourself more time to queue for Avatar. Because if you know you're going to have to queue for Avatar for a long time, if you can at least Genie a lot of the other stuff, you know you'll probably be able to walk on stuff like Dinosaur, the Safari, even Everest. Right, yeah. Um, Because there just aren't that many rides there, really. So that might not be a bad way of thinking about it. Or you do it the other way around, which is you pay to get on Avatar and you and you queue for the other stuff because yeah. you've been able to get on Avatar so pretty correct. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we ended up doing both. Uh, but anyway. Suckers. Uh, yeah. So we, God, uh, we get out of Pandora. We go and do Dinosaur on the Lightning Lane. That was our second Lightning Lane booking after, uh, what was the first one? Uh, um, I've already forgotten. <laughs> oh, the boat ride. Yeah. The Avatar boat ride. I love Dinosaur. Dinosaur's great. It is fantastic so fun. Good. Yeah. Like it throws you around all over the place. It's another good example of it's a good thing this has leather seats because otherwise someone's breaking something on this ride. Yeah. But it's just really good. It's quite intense. I forget how scary it is. Yeah. I can imagine little kids having a rough time. And uh yeah, I just really like it. And and it benefits as well because it's so dark and there's so much strobe lighting going on. Even in in instances where some of the dinosaurs maybe aren't moving as they once did, yeah. it doesn't really matter so much. You compare it to Jurassic Park, for example, and when those dinos are looking a little worse for wear, you can you can really tell yeah. and it looks a bit sad and pathetic. Whereas on dinosaur, the lighting works in its favour. Yeah, and you're moving and at such a clip, generally. Yeah, yeah. That everything still kind of works, and the ride photo works too. So there we go. Hey. Yeah. Without fail. Obviously, so. this one, there's often rumours that this is going to be replaced by Indiana Jones, maybe, because it's the same ride tech. Right. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's often some some speculative thoughts. No, I'd be surprised. I, I don't think that would happen. I, I mean, we'll get to uh, the state of Indiana Jones at Disney World when we do Hollywood Studios. But in terms of kind of a new Indiana Jones attraction so far as Walt Disney World is concerned, even if it was a straight copy of what's elsewhere, it feels to me like the only reason you might do that is if the next film is an enormous success and you feel like maybe there's demand. Yeah, I I still think, I quite like the idea, um, I guess we'll actually, we'll leave that, we'll leave that for the Hollywood Studios Park. Um, we'll discuss in Yellow Jones then some more, but uh, yeah. Um, obviously a lot of Dinoland, or some of Dinoland is... Uh, kind of barren now, right? Because the uh, primeval world primeval is gone. It's gone. Yeah, that's it's been torn not, down. It's right? been torn down. There's not a lot going on there. You've got your little Dumbo clone. Yep. Uh, you've got Re- Restaurantosaurus still there. There's like a little lounge as well where you can go in and have cocktails oh, and nice. stuff. But yeah, there's not a lot going on in Dino Land. Rumors that uh, primeval world uh, might be the location of uh, Mystic Manor from the. That's the Paris one, isn't it? Uh, no, well, it's Phantom Manor. That's Phantom Manor. Mystic it? Manor then is the right one. That is the one from Hong Kong. Oh, there's rumours they're going to put another haunted mansion in. Yes. Oh, weird. That has, that has been the rumours. Um, I'm I haven't checked on the rumours for a while, but 
That was the last. Right. And they started ripping down Primeval Well. That was the, the rumour going around. Interesting. Not sure really how that fits into Dino Land. Uh, well, it's about a monkey. I don't know how it works in Dino Land, but it's, you know, it fits slightly better into Animal Kingdom. That is about a monkey rather than specifically about ghosts. But Right. Well, we'll wait and see, I suppose. Yes. Uh, and then the rest of the day is interesting for us at Animal Kingdom because it did feel a little bit like, not killing time, that's harsh, but obviously we had this booking for Flight of Passage. And we'd already done a lot of what else there was to offer. Yeah. So we've got maybe like three hours or something to basically fill. So we end up doing uh, the safaris again on the Lightning Lane this time. So the first time we did it wasn't it was a queue. Long, it was just a queue walk on. Uh, this ended up actually being a, quite a good use of the Lightning Lane for us because it was interesting to do the safari at a different time of day. Yeah, you get a different aspect. So you get quite a different experience. You might have a different driver as we had as well. I mean, they're recounting a lot of the same facts and whatnot, but it's you know a slightly different vibe, all the same. And that ended up being a good use of the Lightning Lane. We felt. Uh, we also learned, however, because we thought we actually wouldn't have minded doing Dinosaur again. You cannot book Lightning Lanes f- twice, twice for the same for ride. the same ride. Interesting. So we discovered that. Which, apart like Animal Kingdom, again, we come back to there not being that many rides. It does feel a little bit unfair, and I think adds to the Genie Plus maybe not being the best value proposition at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I think if you could double book rides it would maybe make a little bit more sense because we would have done so to do dinosaur again that's when we found out we couldn't do it when we were trying to book dinosaur again but for the safari because we hadn't genied it the first time that was no problem and uh yeah that was a good time once again nice and uh everest because we hadn't lightning laned that the first time we could lightning lane that and do that one again too sweet so you can't have two Lightning Lanes from your Genie Plus subscription booked at the same time. Right. But you can have a Genie Plus Lightning Lane and a premium Lightning Lane booked at the same time. So we were able to, having already booked Flight of Passage separately, yeah. we were able to make bookings for the Safari and then for Everest. Yes. I really wish they had uh, more distinct naming conventions. For- oh, I know. Yes, 100%. It's like, very confusing. Yeah, because the, obviously the Lightning Lane is the name of the lane. Uh, the, the queue that is called a Lightning Lane that you get into, but then the pass is called a Lightning Lane, but then you also have the Premium Lightning Lane, which is the more expensive one. It's one of those things where, you know, we were going into the trip, I think none of us with a completely clear idea of how it worked. It's the type of thing where I think, you know, people listening to this might be feeling a bit overwhelmed. I think even if you've listened to the Magic Kingdom episode where we talk a bit more generally about Genie Plus, you might be feeling a bit overwhelmed. I think with this kind of information um, that I've tried to impart, it it will all start to come together more when you're there. Right, and yeah. You'll get a better sense of how it all works, but it is a lot to take in. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, uh, you, you'll get to grips with it and find out how it works best for you. As I say, though, there is just the whole, you're kind of holding your nose when you do it because no one wants to be spending money on things certainly no, yeah. on things that used to be free and yeah. things that the benefit seems almost artificial in a way mm. but it is what it is yeah did you do uh carly river rapids we didn't do carly river rapids no that was kind of the one attraction that was kind of left on the cutting room floor for us yeah we didn't do that 
We did, though, do the Festival of the Lion King show, you know, the kind of abridged version of the Broadway show. Yeah. Which uh, I think hadn't long been back from COVID and is still great. I think the performers in that are fantastic. And I love the sort of parade style floats that come in. Nice. Uh, They're nice and expressive. So, yeah, really enjoyed that. And I'm glad to see that one back. And obviously the other thing that you have with Animal Kingdom are the animal exhibits and the, the nature trails and things that you can do. Yeah, uh, the only slight disappointment for us uh, regarding all of those were that the uh, is it the Maharaja Trek, uh, where you're meant to be able to go and see the tigers. Yeah, uh, they just had a guy at the front of that telling everyone as they walked in, uh, the tigers are out today. Oh. Just kind of setting everyone's expectations in check Real from the off. That. From the off, so yeah. there are some other 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 animals to see in there, but obviously the main attraction not being there was a bit of a bummer. And we also got the little train over to Rafiki's Planet Watch at one point. Yes. And I saw a little boy get bit by a goat, which was fantastic. Sorry, I mean a, a tragedy. And yeah. I, I thought it was very funny. Poor lad. Yeah. And uh, that, yeah. That, that area feels uh, perfect for reinvestment. Uh, yeah, I would hope so. Um, one of my favourite meet and greets of recent years, you know, since I was a, uh, I guess you could say an adult. Was meeting Rafiki over there. I'm I think it sure would have would. been 2015 or so. Uh, but despite it being his his pad, mm. uh, he was not there. No, it's uh, used quite a lot for corporate events. Oh, really? Yes. So uh, it's a little bit more uh, corporatized. Yeah, you had your petting zoo. You had a room where you, you know, like I think some insects and amphibians, and then you could see, and then they had a little sort of animation classes that were like drawing classes that were right. Yeah. Taking place, I think, once an hour. You know, some mm. Disney Disney people teaching you how to draw different Disney characters. I think mm. when we were in there, they were doing the uh, one of the gorillas from Tarzan. I oh, cool! And, uh, people were learning to draw. So. That is cool. I was, I, I was thinking, kind of, what could you put in this space? Um, weren't there rumours at one point that they were maybe going to think up an an attraction based on the remake of The Lion King? Uh, I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's got any legs to it no. anymore. I, I was thinking, I don't know, uh, is Black Panther in Universal? Oh, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to assume yes, because I know what you're going to ask, obviously, or think about, and I would imagine that it would surely have to be on the radar if yeah. if they thought they could do it, and I think clearly they must know they can't do it. For yeah, because I feel like, uh, obviously, that is set in um, Africa, um, so it would fit quite well in this space yeah. as well, would be a Black Panther area. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So, really, not a whole lot else to say beyond uh, the Flight of Passage experience, uh, which, before we got on that ride, we did stop. My sister and I were getting a bit peckish, and we stopped in... Uh, we got some stuff in Satuli Canteen on uh, the recommendation of uh, several people, mm. uh, Mr. Ben included, I will say. Uh, and I was very impressed. I liked it. And I think one thing I said last week on the podcast or the week before was that, you know, I was generally very impressed with the vegan options across Disney World. That was true. My sister um, had a really nice tofu bowl. She said the tofu was fantastic. Uh, but the other thing I was impressed with as far as the food at Disney World concerned was just how customizable everything was so they really think ahead so no matter what you're ordering really a lot of them will have a little sort of customize your order option 
So if you're getting a burger, you might want to take the cheese off or yeah. stuff like that. You could do that all in the app in advance. Yeah. Uh, and in the case of Satuli Canteen, the kind of, I would say, the kind of headline dish, if you like, are these kind of these bowls, essentially. And you can have, and they're very customizable. You can choose your protein. You can choose your base. So, you know, rice noodles or salad. You can yeah. choose your dressing, etc. So my sister had like tofu noodles and can't remember what dressing she had, but whatever. And then I had shrimp, rice, and, and I had a different dressing to her as well. And it was really good. And uh, I found it to be pretty good value for, I think, about $13 for the bowl of food. Good food. Felt very clean and fresh. Oh, you know, cool. It wasn't like a greasy yeah. sort of fry up or greasy burger that you might expect from Thing Park Fair. And it was good, you know, not too filling, but more than enough to power me through the rest of that day. Yeah, so I would 100. percent You know, I'm preaching to the converted, I'm sure, because Satuli Canteen has, I think, since it opened, been held up as a really good, yes, quick service location. But yeah, I will just add to the praise. I was very impressed. It was nice, and it's a nice place to eat, by the way. It's uh, the interior, especially, I think, is really nice, and there's really good use of uh, almost like walls in the restaurant mm. to almost make it feel less crowded than it is. Yeah, like you can sit, you can walk in there, the entrance, and and it feel like there's loads of people in there. But then one, there are certain, there are places you can sit down, and you almost feel a little bit like you're in a much smaller place. Yeah, and that's nice. So I'd recommend Satuli Canteen one hundred percent. And then yeah, we end the day with flight of passage. We finally get on. Uh, you do miss out on all the cool stuff about the queue by doing the lightning the lane. The queue is really good. On yeah. That. Uh, I mean, it's a lot back. It's back loaded, isn't it? The, the cool queue stuff. Yeah, there's a point where you get you, you kind see, of go through. You see an RV a, a and a tank, and, and yeah, uh, you get what I would describe as the. I mean, you get all the pre-show stuff. You know, stand on the on these spots and move around and all that stuff. Yeah, on I the guess screens. that's where you would come in, right? Is yeah, at that point, which I think goes on a little bit too long. I don't think I'm alone in thinking that. Yeah, I think it's a it's a way of getting you to feel like you're already on the ride without being on the ride because of this pre-show um, while the ride is still going on. Right. Because the ride, obviously, uh, those people offload and you load on. So mm. it's like the ride is still ending while you're in that pre-show bit. Yeah. Now that makes sense. I'm sure from a practicality perspective, it, it makes sense for Disney to have that there. But I think as as a guest, as a guest experience, it's, it's a little bit boring, to be honest. I yeah. think I think on the first time you do it, it's novel, but I'm not sure it holds up. And as we'll get to, I think Rise of the Resistance has just set a very, very high bar now for pre-shows and, yeah. and kind of making the queue feel like part of the attraction. It's kind of extraordinary. But we'll get to that. Uh, but this ride's still great. And um, I will say, I thought I, I think my glasses, unfortunately, I did not have the the cleanest pair of glasses oh. it didn't feel quite as sharp as i remembered it being that sucks but then my dad said similar and i did wonder if you know screen tech comes so far so quickly maybe maybe it already does need a a look at i don't know it it it, it didn't look quite as crisp right as it as it as my memory of it was yeah sure and i don't know if that's because the screen has, has aged or if i did have a slightly fuzzy fuzzy pair of glasses but uh no, just the the way you're strapped into that ride and um, 
the the way it makes it feel like you're really sitting on one of those banshees. Yeah, it's really it's good. just extraordinary. Yeah, and my dad said maybe the most profound thing he's ever said, which was it, it was like he'd found his inner peace for four minutes, <laughs> and he uh, wow he absolutely loved it, and everyone loved it, and I think everyone was. It was easy for me and my sister to say, obviously, because the genie purchases were linked to my mum and dad's credit card. But everyone felt not good about it. But we were pleased to have to have because I think if we hadn't paid, yeah, we wouldn't have gone on that ride. Um, because we weren't willing to keep to get involved in that ridiculous queue. And if we'd come back by the time we came back to it for our genie booking, the advertised wait time was still something like one hundred and thirty minutes. And it was late enough in the day that I think everyone was quite tired by this point. This was fairly, it's about two thirds through the trip, I think. We'd had quite a lot of long days before this one, if memory serves. Yeah. I think the parents especially were running on fumes and it was kind of like, we, yeah, we wouldn't have done it if we hadn't paid up. So Fun we were story. glad that we did. Yeah. It's still a fantastic ride. But I think the best strategy, as I said earlier, would be go straight there or maybe pay for it later in the day but i mean it changes you know it's different for different people you might have multiple animal kingdom days on your agenda when you go at which point i think the genie just makes less sense just just generally i think we only had one day at each disney park other than hollywood studios so felt a bit more pressured to to get everything everything done it makes sense and the genie i think i think on balance does help if you want to get everything done yeah and i think uh, now that you can't really do park hopping no, not yeah. until 2 p.m. Yeah. And there's some really bizarre restrictions around that without wanting to get too off topic, but you can't sort of, you, you can't just turn up to a park at 2 p.m. Uh, because that's, so for example, if you want to go to Hollywood Studios. Yeah. But you can't because there's no reservations available, but you're quite happy to only turn up at 2 p.m. when it opens for park hopping. Yeah. You can't do that unless you have booked another park. Uh, right. So, so for example, you might want to go to Hollywood Studios at two p.m. and you you have to but you have to book a day at, you have to book at Epcot for that day just for the sake of it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if that's just another way of them being able to better know. Exactly yeah, it's how about many managing. People. Yeah, for sure. But I think you know now that it's make that park hopping is harder. Mm. It makes that you know you couldn't you know having one day in, in a park and then maybe you have like a a day of a mop-up day, as it were. Mm. That's sort of harder now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that was it. That was Animal Kingdom. I think we left at about 6 or just gone 6pm and that was our shortest Disney day. Right, Uh, You know, uh, it was a lot. And, you know, bear in mind, we got there uh, before rope drop at 7.30. Yes. So it was still a long last day. But good fun. Like I said, I do really like Animal Kingdom. I think, you know, some new rides would certainly not go amiss. Yeah, it needs something relatively soon, I think. So. I think so. I think so. I mean, there is space to expand Pandora, I believe, which might be something that comes into their thinking in the years ahead, depending on mm. how those new films those new films do well. go. But I think even in existing lands, Dino Land's an obvious one, as you say. They need some... They, need, they need some stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's going to do it, Josh, unless you've got any more No, that's been really uh, really insightful. Um, it's good to hear how your day went, how you adapted to the crowds in that park. Yes. Um, 
and as always it's it's such a nice park to just walk around yeah so it's, it's good great. to hear this that that, that that hasn't changed no uh, and the day was you know exhaustively covered on the park rush social channels twitter youtube tiktok instagram yeah uh, there's animal kingdom coverage on all of them and uh, you can find those at links.parkrush.com uh, if you've got any questions uh, or thoughts on Animal Kingdom, let us know. Podcast at parkrush.com is the email address. Or you can tweet us at parkrushpodcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the show if you haven't already. That would be great on your preferred podcasting app. Or find every episode at parkrush.com. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Stay safe out there, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. See ya. 